Yo, this is Sam Sports Podcast. I am Sam Rosenberg. I'm back here with Shaka Shervington. It is Tuesday, December 4th, 2018. We just finished up week 13 of the NFL season. We now got to get into week 14, but before we do, we got to unpack some of the things that we saw. But really, what's more important than anything else, including the NFL, Shaka, how's Ezra doing? I mean, fatherhood's a joy and a terror at the same time. I don't really know how to put it into a better phrasing than that. But it's so far been so good. It's been a good week um, and a great weekend. So I'm going to see some family. Everyone was charmed beyond belief. Um, and it's back here where he's an absolute terror. So, yeah. You, you, got, you guys get the exciting part. The usual. The huge. <laughs> the huge. <laughs> well... Um, let's, uh, let's try to start ourselves, you know, uh, let's start ourselves up on a lower note and we'll go up to the Eagles. So let's start with the Jets losing to the Titans. Now, uh, you know, listen, I'm never excited to talk about a Jets loss, but uh, I did want to sort of commiserate with you because I feel like you and I both kind of got stung by the Titans in the same way. You know, the Jets, I think played a pretty darn good game and I really think the Titans sort of. I mean, they've been the Titans have been one of the most frustrating teams for me to watch all season because they'll lay a stinker one week and then they'll play really excellent football the following week. So, um, give me some of your thoughts on what you saw, or and really, I mean, what the hell was the most infuriating thing about this Titans team, or at least the the Jets losing this game? Well, this one was a, a loss for the ages, which I, you really can't say very often for a Jets team that really underperforms. Um, I'm really trying to figure out where to start here. Um, classic Jets problem this season has been, uh, penalties. Yeah. Called for 11 penalties in this game, which I just hurts my soul. And as much as Todd Bowles stresses that they're really trying to get, you know, themselves under control and under, uh, under discipline. And this is the same problem he's had every year with the Jets. He just cannot seem to get these guys to line up and to not make mistakes. Also, um, and I'll get to it later. Three big penalties in that final drive where the Titans come back and win it. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Two, one of the biggest notes that I really didn't notice because I was driving back from Connecticut this weekend. I only ended up seeing the end of this game, which mm-hmm. I told you. I, was just, I literally saw the last play where Corey Davis finished us. But um, Daryl Roberts, who usually plays corner for us and has played some really good games, especially against the Vikings this year, um, some great cornerback play had to end up slotting in at free safety this game because Marcus May, our uh, safety who was drafted alongside our awesome Jamal Adams, is on the um, injured reserve list for the rest of the season. I think he's done for the year. I believe he is. And so now Dal Roberts is probably going to be playing safety uh, in his spot. And Dal Roberts, as good a corner as he is, obviously has a lot of inexperience with safety and was not ready in this game. And that was one of the big contributing factors in that final drive. Um, Roberts, also Morris Claiborne, who has had some up and downs as a Jet, had an awful game. Yeah. Where uh, Taewon Taylor absolutely just made him look a fool on a couple plays. Um, Marcus Mariota had one big pass play downfield uh, where he he simply overthrew Taewon Taylor. But I think from that point on, Titans noticed that there's obviously some discrepancies in that secondary, and they took advantage of it on the very next play. Claiborne got roasted for about 45-yard play um, and just set up the next drive for the score. Now, 
bear in mind, the Jets did not score an offensive touchdown in this game. Yeah. I saved that so later, just so you can get for context. The Jets did not score an offensive touchdown in this game. And at halftime, they were up 16 to nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Just really absorb that in your head. I know a lot of you guys out there probably don't watch Jets games. I don't blame you. But you're up 16 nothing. You haven't scored a, an offensive touchdown. Tremaine Johnson gets a, a, a pick six. Pick six. And um, our Pro Bowl-esque kicker racks up five field goals in this game. I mean, the guy's absolutely money. I wish the team was better because these actually these field goals would mean something. But just, you know, off of that alone, we had a, also had a block kick, a block extra point. I, I mean, I'll give the defense credit. In the first half, they were absolutely electric. And I, I don't know if they ran out of gas, but the second half, the defense, which kept us in the game, was also a contributing factor in us not being able to hold on to the lead. Um, I mean, there's just so many things that I I could say, but I, I think the combination of injuries, depleted personnel, lack of personnel, um, lack of offensive creativity. I yeah. mean, God, Jeremy Bates. I, and now it's starting to leak through to the players. We're in the locker room where guys are being interviewed, and they're not quite out calling out Jeremy Bates. I mean, Isaiah Crowell does that, but that's Isaiah Crowell. <laughs> But other players on this team are alluding to the fact that, uh, and I think it was Quincy Anunua who said, um, well, I'm actually still a starter on this team, and I have a few ideas, but I, you know, I wouldn't want to put my foot in my mouth. So guys are calling out the offensive plays uh, uh, in, the, in the Jets package, and uh, they're not happy. And things are coming apart. Jeremy Bates, this is it. This is a one-and-done year. I was really excited going into this because, yeah. you know... I remember us talking after week one and week two. We felt very excited. He was groomed, you know, in, these, in, this, in this offensive style. Um, and I think his partner in crime is the offensive line coach. And, I mean, they really just... We've gotten pretty much a flat performance throughout the year, and it's really, really hurt the team. Uh, especially when the defense has played solid. The defense has been incredible, but they've been pretty good this year. And there's no offense really to kind of to kind of keep it up. It's like in baseball where your pitchers, you know, absolutely throw in an electric game and you've got zero runs. Yeah. It just really at the end it doesn't really amount to anything, and it's been it's been a letdown. Yeah, I I, I agree. I think that uh I think that there was a lot of excitement that the team that the Jets could have taken from this game. You know, the Titans are. The Titans are, are are a three hour podcast in themselves. You know how they can sort of go <laughs> one week from beating the New England Patriots to losing to the Jaguars. I mean, they they Don't always they kind they've of got pieces. Yeah, they've got a lot of good pieces. You know, they've got some solid um, uh, pieces on defense. They've got some exciting pieces in the offense. You know, Corey Davis. You know, I mean, you were the one who hollered at me how. You know, Corey Davis kind of disappears for a big chunk of the, of the season, but then he shows up in these games and just plays amazing football. And yeah. it's, you know, it's a tricky thing to kind of make sense of. I think the Tennessee Titans have been up and down all year. It's hard to kind of figure out what the hell you're going to get out of them. And, you know, I think that the first half of this game was a product of that. It was a product of you saw what could happen when a good defense got underneath their skin and was able to, you know, really limit what they were able to do. Um, The discouraging part was that I think, I think you nailed it. I think that the Jets inability to move the ball, which, 
I mean, and something I want to unpack before we move on uh, is is talking about Darnold and, and what you think about them holding Darnold out and having McCown play. Um, you know, there was only so much they were going to get out of that offense, but to see such an amazing defensive performance by this Jets team, to kind of feel some excitement off of what they were doing, and then once again to just have it crumble against this Titans team, which, you know, the, the Titans got to give them credit. They are pretty good at coming back and trying to win a game in the fourth quarter. Um, it was just discouraging because I think that, you know, there were some positives you could take away from the Jets' performance, but, you know, there's more negatives. This is a bigger indictment of Jeremy Bates. This is definitely, you know, probably another nail in the coffin for Todd Bowles. And, you know, to go back to Sam Darnold for a second, you know, I think there was some belief that Darnold could have played, but they wanted to hold him out just to kind of give him a little bit more time and also maybe protect him a little bit. What do you think of that? I mean, do you think it would have been better to put him out there or just have McCown trot out there? I actually understand the reasoning behind not playing him in this game. And for just for anyone who's wondering, Todd Bowles even said, he said Sam Darnold was healthy to play. However, he had not gotten enough reps in in practice, and they thought they were kind of rushing him out there um, with not enough practice time, not enough reps, I guess, with the first team in, right. in practice to play in it. And I, I understand... You know, obviously playing a rookie quarterback uh, against Mike Vrabel, who, you know, I credit to Mike Vrabel for having a pretty solid first year as a coach. Um, I, I get it. I, I really don't have too much of an issue with Darnold not playing in this on short notice. Um, and it seems now, especially with everything stacked against this offense, they are going to have Sam Darnold play uh, against the Bills next weekend, which I think at this point is necessary. I mean, you really got nothing left in terms of anything to kind of uh, to look forward to. And at this point, it did obviously nothing left to lose. They're 3-9. and nine. Let Darnold get the reps. Just let him play. Let him get some reps. I mean, uh, I'm sure he's had some time while he's recovered from this injury to really kind of study the playbook, um, go over game tape, and maybe let's see if it's something he's unpacked in these last couple weeks that we can actually see translated out in the field. The Jets fans need something kind of hang their hat on right now. And I, I like that idea. I think it's worth it to bring Darnold back out because, you know, he's going to be playing the Bills. He's got it. I believe I'm looking at the schedule. He's got another game against the Bills and the Patriots. And I just, he's going to have to play these teams. And, yeah. you know, in some way, shape or form, he's got to be ready to play against them. The Bills have yeah. a good defense. They're going into Buffalo next weekend. Like, listen, it's not a gimme. The Bills are still a dangerous team. But, I mean, this is a this is a conceivably winnable game. Now, they, they might not win Week 17 against the Patriots. Or, listen, Patriots might rest all their starters and maybe they do win. But these are formidable division foes. And he's got to be ready to go up against them twice a year. And I, I mean, I think these are healthy reps to have for Darnold. And even with a team that's essentially, you know, you can kind of, you can kind of check out as the season's over at this point. I think one little hot take to throw in there is that Josh Allen is going to be starting on the opposite side of the football, um, and he's actually had a pretty solid—I wouldn't say amazing—couple of weeks, but he's 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 shown promise. And I think it would be, you know. It would look really bad in Jets management if Darnold sits out another game. Meanwhile, the other quarterback drafted in uh, the same draft is playing and playing healthy. And be even worse if he ends up beating the Jets while Darnold sits on the sidelines. So I think there's, I mean, really at this point, they've got nothing to lose. Let him play. Let him get some reps. Let him get some motivation, some confidence. Because right now this team's got no discipline. 
it's got no it's got no backbone. They got no courage. They've got nothing to really kind of rest their um their laurels on. So it's something at this point. And I think even the offensive players are or calling out for it. They need some kind of change. Jamal Adams is calling out for change. Yeah. <laughs> that should tell you something. Yeah. Uh, you think they're going to beat the Bills this weekend? Um, I don't. I, I mean, I, I would be surprised if Darnold came out and looked crisp and um, really took over that offense. But, I, I, again, I there's, there's so many things that I don't really love but one, the, the, the personnel that they do have playing on the field and the play calling. Jeremy Bates uh, really went away from the running game in the second half, which worked so well for them in the first half of this past game. And there was really no explanation, especially when you're up. You're supposed to run the football more. You waste the clock. Um, so I, 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 can't really, I can't really bank on the Jets offense making any sense going into Buffalo. Okay. All right. I'll take that. I'm I'm still gonna be rooting J E T S Jets Jets Jets. I, I mean, Clearly. I don't have much love for the Bills. You know, no offense to all those Bills fans out there, but I I'll be rooting for him. I think I'll actually enjoy watching the game just to see just the two rookies score off. I'd like to see some more Josh Allen. I really don't have a sample size on him this season, but the Bills are just not. Well, he's kind of. I tell you, man, he runs all over the place. He he's pretty. Also, he definitely scrambles a lot. He's exciting to watch as a runner. I just read uh, earlier today that the Bills cut Kelvin Benjamin. Wait, what, what? What? Yes, they cut Kelvin Benjamin today. Excuse me, a baking powder? I, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what's going on, but I mean, any team that tries to sign him is going to have to pay like the eight, like I think eight million of his guaranteed salary. Wow, that is. I mean, it really must be done with them. They're playing these backups, these guys, undrafted guys, guys they picked up from uh, other teams over him so it's a statement i mean that's definitely a statement and also i mean this is a guy they traded for last year so to really see him yeah. fall this far that's bad i i it's i mean look and the bills really aren't a team to nitpick and kind of really you know qualify who plays from but the fact that you cut a guy like Bell benjamin who's you know like a six five receiver lots of potential um really surprised because he looked like he would have been a great weapon for Josh Allen oh boy that's I mean I just think that's a that's another indictment of the Bills and sort of the, some of the missteps they've made over the last year or two with this new regime and Sean McDermott it's it's yeah. you know they've made some questionable decisions and I mean the chickens are coming home to roost right now cuts like that are very loud pronounced ways of saying listen we made a mistake yeah I, I mean and they still gotta pay him I mean it's a, it's a costly mistake they might have as well just let him play out the rest of the season, but I guess they're not going to get their money's worth. Oh, my God. Um, anything else you want to say before we get to the Eagles? Um, I would like to see some more uh, Trenton Cannon. I, I, the, the offense looked a little bit like they were trying to implement him into it, but again, just no identity whatsoever. Not really sure what's going on, so... Well, uh, I'll have to wait till next year. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we'll see more this season, but I'm I'm not holding my breath. Yeah. So my Eagles actually picked up a win. They beat the Redskins. Um, now the Eagles and the Redskins are both six and six. It was a 28-13 win on Monday Night Football. Um, I'm just gonna come right out and say it. I wasn't particularly impressed with the Eagles. Um, they did win this game, but I also think the Redskins are are that bad. Um, Redskins, man, just. 
feel so bad for these guys, man. Alex Smith having that atrocious leg injury. And then last night, I mean, it wasn't even that nasty a move or that nasty a hit, but I mean, Colt McCoy broke his leg. Yeah. And I mean, I watched it. It was, it was like, he kept playing after he broke the leg because initially I don't even think, I I don't even think, uh, you know, I, I, listen, I, I'm not a doctor. I don't know how nasty a break it was, but I think it was kind of a quick, small break or something because he was walking around and then he was sort of limping. And then by the time he went back in the locker room, you could tell he was really hurt. Um, and, you know, I was joking with someone the other day about how Mark Sanchez was going to come out. And they're like, I thought Colt McCoy starting. And you're like, right, I, they signed Mark Sanchez. Well, the Sanchez is back. Yeah. He played in that game, and, and oh, boy, Colt McCoy, listen, Colt McCoy was fine. He was doing a good job. Mark Sanchez did not look that much better. Um, I mean, Colt McCoy did look better, but, I mean, Mark Sanchez didn't look very, very good. Um, he, threw a, he threw a pick in this game. There was there was a lot of things that, that were going wrong with the Redskins. Um, injuries, injuries, injuries. You know, they lost more guys on their offensive line. They lost more guys in their defense. I don't want to dwell on the Redskins, okay? They've had a positive first half of the season. They, I think they've had a very easy schedule. I think they jumped out to a very big lead with like a – I mean, I think they were like 6-2. and two. They're now, They must be on a four-game losing streak if they're now at 6-6. Six and six. Um, I yeah, they were like they were six and three, and now now they're six and six. They're just they're falling and they're falling fast. This does not surprise me. I didn't think much of their team, but as always, I want to talk about my Eagles and I want to unpack this. Some of the key things that you got to take away from this game are again the Eagles making horribly horribly costly mistakes at the wrong times. Um, you know, I don't necessarily want to say it's a mistake, but Eagles move the ball all the way down to to the one yard line. It's first and goal. They throw an incomplete pass. Second down, they run the ball. They lose four yards. Third down, it's third and four. There's a false start. Third and nine, they throw the ball back to the one yard line. Fourth and goal from the one yard line. They run it. They get stuffed. So a team that was relying so much on third down conversions and conversions of fourth down and sort of going for it, like that was kind of what identified them last year, they haven't been able to produce it the same way as they did last year. So again, that's another red zone trip that you saw in this game, which really was squandered. Then we go back to another red zone trip. They've got a great drive. They go all the way down to the one-yard line. And I mean, they are, or maybe they weren't on the one-yard line. They were on the two- or three-yard line. And Carson Wentz, man, threw an interception right to Josh Norman. Josh yeah. Norman read his eyes the entire way. You know, you know, I don't think Carson really, you know, he telegraphed the pass to Alshon Jeffrey. I mean, he had a he he threw the exact same pass two drives later and it was a touchdown, but this time Josh Norman read the whole play and picked him right off. And my point is, aside from it being another wasted red zone uh um possession because essentially that's 14 points this team never got and then they finished the game with 28 points I mean they could have finished with possibly 40 points but again Eagles have not been able to score more than 30 points once the you know they've only scored 30 points once this season and so my point is that this team is is still finding ways to shoot themselves in the foot make mistakes and costly mistakes at that you know I've talked about this before with Carson Wentz you know after last year he got a lot of swagger everyone was talking about him being the MVP there's a lot of respect for him now 
but we're glazing over some of these atrocious turnovers that he's had this season. And you know what I'm talking about. Because we, yeah. we've been talking about the Eagles all season, and I've mentioned this before. There was a couple of games earlier this season where there were just very, very costly interceptions where the only person you can point at is Carson Wentz. Like, that wasn't the receiver. That wasn't the defender reading your eyes. That was that was a bad throw, and you should have read that, and you didn't. And now, granted, he's not going to be perfect, but you know some of them are a little bit of like, you got to go back to the drawing board and be like, dude, you, that was on you. And I think we give him a pass because he's Carson Wentz, but that's what I took away from this game. Yeah, it was a victory. Yeah, the Eagles are on a two-game winning streak, sure. But they beat the Giants and the Redskins. These teams are not good. And so now, the real test, the Eagles are going to go to Dallas this weekend. Okay, it's not going to be in Philly because they already lost to the Cowboys in Philly. They're going to Dallas. And we've talked about this. Dallas plays well at home. I mean, they just made the Saints look like fucking idiots at home in Dallas. And that's saying something because the Saints have been able to put 50 points on multiple teams this year. So it's going to be a 6-6 six and six Eagles team against a 7-5 and five Cowboys team. I think they can win. I think that first loss to the Cowboys was closer than we thought. And I think that the Eagles are always just right there. I mean, they're figuring out ways to kind of keep it together, even with this shitty secondary they have. I still think they're in it, but I can't I can't glaze over the fact that every time I watch them, I just see flaws across the board. Okay, that's my sh- that's my rant. Tell me what you're thinking. Were there any takeaways that you had from this Monday night game? Look, I refuse to do anything before I take a swipe at Mark Sanchez. <laughs> Started the game five for five. Butt fumble. Mr. Butt fumble. He started the game five for five, finished ten for twenty two. Um, and there was one particular throw where he was getting hit at the moment he tossed it. I actually watched some of this game. I did miss the Colt McCoy uh, injury. You, you I, didn't miss I, much. I, if you watch it, it's it, it's it's one of those moments where you struggle to see what happened. It's like, did he hurt himself? Yeah. And you know, I had the pleasure of watching Sanchez just absolutely remind me of why, 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 why you just, don't miss him. <laughs> Jets management just can't get it right, it seems. And just makes me hope to God that Sam Darnold is actually as good as everyone hopes he is. Um, now, to stick up for your boy Carson Wentz a little bit. I actually thought, you know what, For the, this was probably the first game I've watched this year where I felt like he's really, really, really recovered from that injury. And he looks just un... And I, don't, I wouldn't say that it's a physical thing. I think it's more of a mental... Um, especially when he was rolling out of the pocket. He looked like... Carson Wentz from last season. Yeah, he looked really good when he was rolling out of the pocket. Yeah, I mean, just he just looked unfettered. He looked like he could make no mistake out there. Um, and they got and I liked the offensive game plan, especially it almost felt like an audition or a practice in terms of uh, um, running some of those plays, particularly to uh, to Clement, where they got a lot of screen passes off. Yeah. Um, and it just looked like they were trying some things out, like they were prepping themselves for a showdown in Dallas. Um, I, I still love that kid, Josh Adams, even though he looks more like a linebacker, an upright line. Just the way he runs, everything about his body just does not scream running back to you. Lo and behold, the guy can really move the chains. Um, mm. I really like Golden Tate in that offense. Yeah, Golden expect- Tate. That, this was the first game where I feel like we started to see what he could do. Yeah, you don't really expect him to be that guy who's going to get you, you know, eight catches for 120-something yards. But he's going to get you, let's say, four catches. It might be for 36 yards, but it'll be two touchdowns. He's got good hands in the red zone. And I think going forward, if they can kind of figure out just ways to get him open, uh, maybe some bubble screens or just 
some way to um you know confuse the uh, corner and safety coverage in the red zone, they can get him open because he's just that talented. Yeah, I think that's something that's going to kind of work itself out hopefully in the next game or two, um as time goes on. So there and obviously Zach Ertz is still Zach Ertz. Dude, in that offense. Zach Ertz. So, I mean Zach Ertz is more of a piece of this offense than Alshon Jeffrey right now. Yeah. So you know, bear in mind, obviously, Wentz is. He, he's kind of got a little bit of a cowboyish mentality. I, and if you look back at some of those throws he made, I mean, the guy fires it off like a rocket. He makes a, I wouldn't say questionable, but he makes a lot of dicey throws. He makes some pinpoint throws in a lot of coverage. But, I mean, we, we kind of forget just the, how high risk they are just because he's so successful with it that, you you know, obviously when a Josh Norman is going to pick you off in the red zone in a big moment, then you kind of all of a sudden, oh man, this guy is, you know, miss, he, he makes some big mistakes. I, I think just uh, in terms of his confidence level, he, he feels like he can make those throws. Mm. So every now and then it's, you know, that kind of just gutsy mentality is going to betray you. I, I don't want to equate it so much to a Brett Favre, but he's the first person that kind of comes to mind in terms of that, that gunslinger mentality where, you, you know, you kind of you, you kind of make a couple bad throws, but you, you you over you overlook them just because of all the good that comes out of that you know that confident level type of quarterback. So it's something to bear in mind. There's going to be more mistakes. You know he's going to throw some more picks down the road, but I think the good just ultimately outweighs the bad. You can't say that about a lot of NFL quarterbacks who make dicey throws. Okay, all right, I'll take that. I like that. I'll I... take, look, I'll take Carson Wentz throwing a football in, in a choppy situation over a, a, a Matthew Stafford per se, who gets so much hype. But I mean, at the end of the day, it does not deliver. No, I I totally agree. I I I actually think when the record books go down, Wentz will probably be a, a bigger name than Stafford. Stafford is he's great with numbers, but I just I haven't. I mean, he's never really proven it for me. Um, yeah. Oh, and a couple a couple other notable things I want to mention about this game: uh, a negative and a positive for the Eagles. Negative for the Eagles was Adrian Peterson's running rushing touchdown. Okay. You can watch a highlight of this. It was a 90-yard rushing touchdown where he essentially broke one tackle and then just left the entire Eagles defense in the dust. That was another example of, like, what the hell are you guys doing? I mean, it was like he, he broke one tackle and then just got behind the defense and was it gone. It kind of looked like a Madden run. If you look at it, it looks almost like a Madden video game. Yeah, and even like when that. you're seeing Adrian Eli. Peterson running, like, he's not Eli. 22 Eli. anymore. Like, you can tell, like, he's, like, kind of huffing a little bit because he's an older guy. But it's, like, it's that moment when you see the dude running, like, digital on the computer screen and it's, like, all the guys are just can't keep up. I think they even clocked him at, like, his running speed was, like, 20 miles an hour. And they said that's the fastest he's run in four years. So, I was like, you guys are really going in-depth with these stat layers. Now, the positive, I will say, from a running game was Darren Sproles. Darren Sproles, he had a great rushing touchdown. It was a vintage Darren Sproles play. He actually, I mean, he was back in the game. He looked he looked good. He looked like Darren Sproles. It was exciting to see him back on the field. And, uh, you know, that was a little bit of a, that was some optimism, I think, that I took away from the game. Uh, it's always good to see Darren Sproles. I've, look, I've watched that guy since he was in college and just always been just he just plays bigger than he actually is every time he's on the field. So I was glad to see you know he's still in the NFL. He's still still um just punching away, man. Well, he you know he didn't want to end his uh, career last year like he did, and I think uh you know it's it's kudos to him because listen he's he's definitely made himself worth it this year. I mean I know this was only the second game he was back, but. I mean, it was it was good to see him out there, and hopefully he's going to be able to offer them something going down the stretch because 
they're still in this, man. I let's talk. Let's talk about this. So they're playing the Cowboys yep. uh, Sunday afternoon in Dallas. I mean, I think they could pull out that win. What do you think? This is a. It's probably going to be the hardest call of all the games I see next weekend. Um, I'm actually riding with the Eagles in this one, man. Even though Dallas is at home, and I, I'm still stunned at that Saints game. I my my brain just tries to wrap around what happened and how the Saints were unable to score against this defense. But it happened, man. And look, it, it, I, the only reason why I'm still confused about that is because the Cowboys' offense did not look good. It, I'm sorry, it did not look good. It didn't, um, man. Even even in that game, it didn't look good. The, there were one or two big plays that they had, and it came strictly off the legs of Ezekiel Elliott because even the screen passes that were thrown to him were so bad. I could have thrown those screen passes. They were awful. They were just little bloop passes. And I, even when I remember, they, they waited so long. There was such a delay on the run play option. That at the point where they threw it, I was like, this is going to get picked off for sure. And it wasn't. And then Elliott managed to make a big, big chunk yardage play out of it. I really don't see any creativity in the offense. Amari Cooper had a, a pretty okay game. But, I mean, I, I really, again, I'm not enamored with that offense. I think if they're going to, you know, they're going to, granted they're up in that division. I think if they're going to do anything long term, the offense has to show me something else. And I really don't see that. It's just as anemic as I saw it earlier in the season, which is why they're not, you know, my favorite for anything. I'm, I'd be stunned if they make it to the playoffs, and even if they do, they're really not going to threaten anyone. I mean, listen, so, I, th- I think a big reason why their offense has been effective is simply because they're using Ezekiel Elliott more. I don't think the offense yeah. has gotten more creative. I think that they've just become – I don't know why it took them six games to realize – why don't we get the hand, the ball into the hands of our best playmaker as much as we possibly can? I mean, they were just running Ezekiel Elliott, you know, through the tackles, and now they're getting yeah. him out in open space. They're passing him I the ball, the screen perfect. passes, and it's more effective. I think that's the perfect assessment. I think that's really what it boils down to is that every, even in that Saints game, everything that really was relevant was all Elliott. And obviously that didn't really translate into the second half because it's not like they really ran the table in them score-wise. I think the Saints kind of clamped down on those plays. But at the, for some reason, they just could not, on the other side of the football, get the offense involved. I don't see this happening with the Eagles. I, I, I'd be amazed if the defense for the Cowboys was able to duplicate the same effect with the weapons that Carson Wentz has at his arsenal. I mean, I, I hope so, because, I mean, that Cowboys D was pretty fast. As slow as they've yeah. been all year, they were pretty fast against the Saints, and I mean... It, it could be a little scary, but I just think I just think that if the if this is the if the Eagles have any shot any shot at trying to take this division, getting into the postseason, and trying to make the most of this season, they got to show up against this Cowboys team. Yep. And if they don't, that's going to tell us everything. And I know that's sort of like you know we'll wait and see, but it's like you know what I'm going to put my money on the Eagles. I think they have what it takes to upend this this Cowboys team and kind of you know create a storyline for next Monday when everybody's like, what the hell happened to the Cowboys? Yeah, this is definitely, I would say, this is the biggest game of the season for the Eagles. Um, but I'm riding, man. I say Eagles are going to win this one. Dude, I agree, man. Thanks. Um, all right, dude, that's all I got. Let's get the hell out of here unless there's anything else to talk about. Um, thanks a lot for listening to Sam Sports Podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud. You can like my Facebook page, Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Instagram at Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Twitter at SmithFaceJones. You can always email Shaka and I at SamSportsStation at gmail.com. Um, 
that's all we got, man. Enjoy this weekend slate of games. You know Shaka and I will certainly be enjoying them as much as possible, and uh, we'll be back next week to talk more football. Thanks a lot for listening, everybody. Take it easy. Bye-bye. Enjoy the games.